0: Hello and welcome to Call Bank Sports. This is Nathan here with Dale and we're super excited to get going on um this Jazz Grizzlies series and to chat a bit more. The series is tied at 1-1. We both think the Jazz are going to um pull this one out, but Dale thinks it'll be a bit quicker than me, so let's get chatting about the Grizzlies. But first, I kind of wanted to talk a bit more about John Morant's 57 point sorry, 47 point game and what that means for the jazz and should we be concerned? So I was at the game on, two, um, on Wednesday night, and I told Dale that it felt like just a really quiet 47-point game. And I, and I don't know how you felt about when you were like watching the game what you thought about those 47 points.
1: Well, it, it was a little sneaky because obviously the Jazz were up big most of the game. And even the when the Grizzlies came back and like brought it within two, I felt like that was kind of quiet, and and as it like me f- watching it, rooting for the Jazz, I was never like terribly concerned about the, even when it was just when they were down by two, and so I knew Ja was playing good, and I knew there were stretches where he just they kept going to him and he couldn't miss, but it didn't feel like he dominated the game, and and I so I agree with you in that side where it felt like a quiet forty-seven. But at the same time, 47 in the playoffs in your first series in the playoffs, even if it's a quiet 47, that's really impressive.
0: No, it is really impressive. Um, And w- so at the game, really, at the end, it was I looked up and I'm like, wait, Jaw put up 47 like I can see it, but nothing was spectacular. And the loudest points of the game were Valanchunez on favors in the third quarter when I think it felt like three or four times that Valanciunas posted up favors and favors is a good defender, but Valanciunas is a good enough offensive player, you know, and big enough that favors really had no hope. And so looking at that, where it felt like Valanciunas was just destroy destroyed the jazz in the post. And then you look up at the end of the game and he had 10 points. Yeah. So that's John Morant. Part of the reason I felt it was so quiet is because a lot of them were floaters, which is why he's been able to have so much success against the Jazz because the Jazz are the, be- what the- one of the best teams in the league at stopping the rim because Rudy Gobert, um, no questions. And they also do a really good job of denying the three because Jazz players can get up into the three-point shooters, and if they get by them, they're not concerned about the mid-range shot, and they're not concerned about them attacking the rim. So Memphis being as good as they are at shooting floaters allows John Morant to get those points. And I think he's going to continue to have a good series. But I don't know if he's ever going to have that good of a game again the rest of the series.
1: And he, he was definitely like tuned in in game yeah. two. Um, because the floaters that he was hitting, some of them were ridiculous. And he just couldn't miss. But he's still a young player. And as talented as he is, he's definitely had off games throughout the season. So I'm not going to be shocked if he has an off game or two in the series. If he pulls out and he has 30 plus for the entire series, this is like his coming up party, and he's showing the league that he's legit even in the playoffs.
0: Yeah. So 47 points is a Memphis Grizzlies franchise record in the playoffs. Do you want to know whose record he broke?
1: (laughs) Was it Conley?
0: Mike Conley, do you know how many points Conley had? 35. John Morant
1: nice. shats
0: that record. now While
1: I, playing against Conley.
0: While playing against Conley. Now, Conley went and did something that no jazz man since, um, since John Stockton has and put up 20 points, 15 assists. So Conley also had, you know, a career. Like, anytime your name is mentioned with John Stockton, unless, of course, it's not winning a title. You're probably <laughs> in, in really good company. So, no, I... Ja had a great night. I mean, he did score 47. To put that in perspective, he did it on 42 minutes. I think you mentioned that Wednesday night, which makes
1: That's it... those minutes.
0: It's a lot of minutes. It shows how effective he was able to be over the course of those minutes. But also that... I mean, he averaged 1.09 points per minute to, compared to Donovan's one. So... Donovan put up a lot less points, but Donovan was pretty much just as efficient as Jaw was during that time.
1: Yeah. Um, but I kind of want to move on to game three because I think this game is going to be, and, and that's tonight. So yeah. I'm excited to see how it turns out. I think there's a lot of interesting factors going into it. Um, I, I don't know what Memphis's stadium capacity is but I can only imagine like from a Memphis fan's perspective. You have this team. They've made it to the playoffs, and it's been a long time since they've been a playoff team. And then you beat the best team in the league in the first game of the playoffs. And this is a very gritty team that's like, it's very Memphis City style. And so it's a team that that city can get behind easily. And so, so with them winning a game against the best team in the league, going home... Like, split 1-1 with a very gritty team and a young star that they can keep behind. And then Mike Conley coming back. I don't think there is bad blood between Conley and the Grizzlies. But there might be bad blood now that they're playing in the playoffs. So, I think this team is, like, whatever capacity is obvious, is going to be 100%. And it's going to be 100% with, or 100% of whatever cap they put it at. And it's going to be a loud crowd. So I'm I'm excited to see how that impacts things. I obviously I think the Jazz will win in five, so I think the Jazz will pull it out.
0: But yeah. I think
1: it's going to be a really fun game tonight.
0: So it looks like Vivint and um is it the FedEx Center? I don't know what it is. FedEx, uh, FedEx Forum. Forum <laughs> the FedEx Forum. It looks like they seat pretty much sixes. They both see about eighteen thousand. Memphis will be allowing in thirty five um thirty five hundred fans. So in comparison, Vivin has been at seventy percent capacity, which is full, and is rocking um, to under twenty percent capacity at FedEx Forum.
1: Okay. So, so those fans be, really need to be loud.
0: Yeah. No, it's going to be an absolute change of pace when it comes to the fans and where they're at. I, I do think overall, um, I think the Jazz are going to split one and one here. It's. Memphis has been way too good. And while the Jazz did absolutely go out and shoot lights out, I feel like a lot of what allowed them to do as well as they did on Wednesday night was having the benefit that the Grizzlies had last Sunday of foul trouble, of mm-hmm. them losing Dylan Brooks and losing Valentinus for significant stretches of time. So I, I'll be really interested to see what happens in this game because in this game, ideally, we're not going to see foul trouble for either team um, from the sake of the game. Of course, I would just love Morant and Valanciunas and Brooks to all foul out in the first five minutes. Um, I, I,
1: if, if that's <laughs> what it takes to win, we'll do it.
0: <laughs> um, I So I, I think that it's going to be hard going to FedEx Forum, but the lack of fans is definitely not going to be on Memphis' side. And really looking at it where what happened, I feel still feel like everything on Sunday went wrong for the Jazz. You are game planning on Donovan Mitchell. All of a sudden, the whole team basically gets hit by a bus. And you don't have Donovan Mitchell. That's You've been planning on him being there for the past five weeks. Now he's gone. Then Joe and Jordan can't hit anything. And, I mean, if Joe and Jordan just hit one more three each, you know, all of a sudden, that's the game.
1: Yeah. So,
0: I feel like last Monday was a fluke. Last Sunday was a fluke. But... Wednesday, the Grizzlies definitely said, even if Sunday was a fluke, we are still in it to win it. And we are still going to grind and pound. So they've definitely got some good, solid potential on this team. I'm excited to see where they go in a few years. And if they weren't playing the Jazz, I'd be cheering for them to make it pass, um, passed into the second round. But definitely want the Jazz to pull this out.
1: There's a lot of teams in the West where, just as a basketball fan, I really want to see them succeed. The problem yeah. is the Jazz are also there and the Mavs are also there. Who <laughs> I both want to see succeed more than anyone else that I want to see succeed. Yeah. So,
0: Well, every series has been so good so far because every, every lower seed has picked up at least a win. So I think all the series in the West are currently at 2-1. Yeah, no, yeah. they all are. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we're going to see at least 20 playoff games in the first round in the West and probably more.
1: That and that's awesome because this and basketball will probably keep getting better throughout the playoffs. But this first yeah. round, there's so much basketball, and I, I think the only like two matchups that I don't, or or no, like most of the East, I'm not terribly excited about right yeah. now. Like Knicks Hawks isn't fun. Nets Celtics isn't fun. Uh, so the only fun one is like Bucks Heat. Which like.
0: You know, it was really fun looking looking forward to it. And I'm like, oh, I think the Bucks will probably win, but it'll be like in six or seven. You know, and- first game super tight makes it look like that's what's gonna happen. And then the Bucks <laughs> were like, You you realize we have Giannis and go and just blow the heat out of the water in the next two, like
1: and, and I mean, Giannis played awful in game one, so I don't yeah, know what was going on there.
0: Missed a million and one free throws, but I- I'm intrigued because I didn't think the Bucs had a chance of making it to the finals, and obviously the Heat have been playing really bad. So, like, how good are the Bucks? But the way they've been de- demolishing them in the first round really makes me wonder how much they've been saving for the playoffs and if how, where their tank is at. If they're they're at a full tank, this is going to be an exciting, you know, court semis and finals
1: in the East. In the second round, I'm going to be a Bucs fan. <laughs> like I'm going so hard for the Bucks to beat yeah. the Nets.
0: Oh, that no, i I would hope for it. I picked the Nets to win that one, but I could see the I could see the Bucks possibly doing it with how things are going there.
1: It's it's going to be exciting, but um, moving back to the Jazz though, like I feel like we we could get off on a tangent talking about the rest <laughs> of the playoffs forever because there's a lot going on there. Um, but like. So you said at the beginning we wanted to contrast a little bit game one, game two, and we did that a yeah. touch. I'm I'm curious because like they're really polar opposites. They are. Uh, game one, we couldn't buy a bucket. That was some of the worst basketball. Like it reminded me of a bad Jazz game when like back with the Rubio Jazz, where we didn't really have much offense at all. Yeah. And so like our, our defense wasn't terrible, but it's like we just couldn't get shots. And so that's what the Jazz looked like in game one. Game two, Mitchell comes back. We're hitting our threes very efficiently, like just under 50% for the whole team. Mitchell has a great game. So I'm curious, like, do you think that was just the team is energized that Mitchell's back? Um, And should we, or is it because how Mitchell fits into the system that, The team is either more confident or they just get better shots from three. So is this something that like it was just like a good energizer, Mitchell's back. So we happen to have a good game. Or is it because Mitchell's back, we should be expecting this level of play moving forward?
0: I think it's because Mitchell's back, we should be expecting this level of play moving forward. Um, What happens when Mitchell is off the court is the number one defender gets to choose whoever they want to guard. And so Joe Ingles is a very special offensive player. Jordan Clarkson is a very special offensive player. You know, Bojan is a great offensive player. Like they have those things. But all of a sudden when they're saying, okay, Dylan Brooks is one of the best one-on-one defenders in the NBA. Um, and let's put him on Joe Ingles. Let's put him on Bojan. Let's put him on Jordan. It makes everything so much more difficult for the Jazz. So when Donovan's able to go in, as the elite offensive talent that he is, and then still put up 25 when being guarded by Brooks, then all of a sudden the game's that much easier on Joe, that much easier on Boyo. So that's what's really hard about having Mitchell out, is it all of a sudden is like, okay, now our, you know, above average, good, like, role players need to make plays against the best defensive player they have.
1: That's I had not thought about that point. That's a really good because I, I was thinking more ju- about just the system of having a player like Donovan. It, you'll naturally get more good three point shots with how Donovan Mitchell plays, and yeah. plus he he's such a like he's evolved into such a good shooter that he'll create his own three point shots and and hit several of those every game. But that's a good point that like now the best defender on the Grizzlies is taking care of someone else who, in game one, the Jazz didn't even have. Yeah. So now it's going to be easier for everyone else on the team, which that's exciting. I still want, like, I'm still not terribly excited with how Jordan Clarkson has been performing. I'd love to see more efficiency from him, but I guess that's like, that's what you have to live with when you have Jordan Clarkson on your team. He's going to take a lot of shots. Some games he'll make a lot, some games he'll miss a lot.
0: Well, I think that overall, and we've kind of glossed over this, is Jordan Clarkson had such an amazing start to the season over the first 20 or so games. And then the Jazz did so well for the rest of the season that we were all just riding a Jordan Clarkson high from the first, like, third of the season. And he has been struggling, you know, and he had some good games down the stretch to help. But his efficiency has definitely went down since the stretch in which he won the six man of the year award. I I really believe that, you know, had Joe Ingalls had that start that Joe would have won. And I think Joe definitely, in my opinion, was the more deserving other than the fact that he started 30 games because of all the injuries to Donovan and to Mm -hmm. um, Mike. So that kind of removed him from contention in part, but they were, they were both so amazing But because Jordan started off so hot, like, that's how we view Jordan the whole season, as opposed to starting off really cold.
1: That's a really good point, because the the end-of-season awards are a storyline. Yeah. It's not, not okay, let's dig through the stats. What do the stats tell us? It's, okay, out of the players who have the best eye tests and good stats, what gives us the best storyline? So.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I don't think that's always the case since storyline would definitely give Ben Simmons the POY this year. And there's no way he's going to get that. Um, he doesn't deserve it like at all. Yeah. But yeah, it was Jordan's award to lose, and he never did anything so terrible as to lose it. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I'm super stoked for him. I, I do I hope Joe can get it, you know, one of these next couple years since I would love to see Joe get that hardware, especially with all the work he's put into the team and really how special of a season he had. His stats really dipped once he started having to start at point once he had to start at point guard. But when he's coming off the bench as the Jazz's secondary or tertiary ball handler, like that's just where he excels.
1: Mm-hmm. And I I love it when he comes off the bench and like and he's like that first round of reserves coming in, so he's still like. I think he plays so well with the starters, but coming off the bench with a little bit of an energy boost. And so yeah. like and so you, he's still playing with Conley and Mitchell and Gobert. I think he fits really well in with that lineup. And so it's almost like the Jazz have like an alternate starting lineup there, uh, depending on whether they want to focus a little more on defense or a little more on offense. But he's a good defender, too, so you don't lose a ton there if you replace no. Royce O'Neal with him.
0: He is. When you were bringing in Yang and Ingles, when both uh, Mitchell and Conley were injured, just the length that that added to the jazz was really something special. I don't think we're ever going to see that, you know, unless it's like out of an abundance of necessity. If for whatever reason, the jazz just feel like they need to beat a team down defensively instead of offensively. But I mean, yeah, it is something really crazy to see how special the jazz have been and I, I think that from what we saw last night, seeing how efficient of a game Donovan had, it was in the arena um there was a often there was a defensive foul before he took a three his first three pointer of the game, so it didn't count, but it went in, mm-hmm. and once that shot wh- shot went in, it was okay, okay, so he's hitting that where's this gonna go and uh, he had a really special game Wednesday, so if he's not on a minute's restriction in Memphis um I mean first of all first time. First time in Memphis this season, I think, because he played two games at home and then didn't make the flight out to Memphis due That's to the right. purpose. So, I mean, I wonder how much he's got something to prove. I, I, you're at least going to see some some signs in the crowd that maybe aren't the nicest things about <laughs> Donovan bailing on that plane flight. So maybe there will be I- some creative ones, but...
1: I hope there's a lot of creative ones just because it's entertaining, and Donovan yeah. Mitchell's the kind of person who will just get more motivated by that. So,
0: No, I, I mean, he, he's going to go out, and if he's playing 33, 35 minutes, maybe he'll play 30, 32, just be on a lower end there, but it's going to be crazy. He's going to, I think, kind of put John Moran in his place. I don't know if he'll get 47 in this series, but I think Mitchell, at least, he's never going to have a quiet 47. Mitchell no. never does anything quietly.
1: Which, and, which and, is and, what the Jazz need, because <laughs> I feel like we have a lot of players who do stuff quietly.
0: Yeah, and that's because everything Mitchell does is at the rim of that at the three-point line, and those are just the exciting places to do things in today's league.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, real quick before we wrap this up, I know your prediction was, was Jazz in six. Yeah. Um. And And so you said... So, do you think you think the Jazz will win tonight? Yeah, lose well, the next game, and then win out from there. Or, or what? What are your thoughts?
0: I'm not sure which one they're going to pick up in, at the Forum. Um, they're going to pick up one of these two, and then I think they'll come back to Utah, win, be up three two, and then go back to FedEx Forum and just you know deal with it, just take care of business. They could win both of them there. Definitely, they're definitely capable of it. Um, Memphis has just been scary good, even when they lost. You know, they put up the most points an opposing team has on the Jazz and franchise history in the playoffs. So, I mean, if all of a sudden Dylan Brooks and Valanciunas aren't having foul trouble, where is that gonna go? What's gonna happen? Um it's they're a really, really dang good team. Mm-hmm. Like they they are they are good. And the Jazz are definitely better. And so if the Jazz's defense locks up tonight, I could definitely see them winning it in five. I, I just think the Grizzlies have too much fight left to, um, to roll over this easily.
1: Yeah, t- we're, we're that, definitely going to see close games. Yeah. even if the Jazz went out.
0: Yeah, there are teams like, oh, I don't, mm, I don't want to offend anyone. Like if if it was the Pelicans. I, I just don't think they'd have the heart. Like, if they got down 3 1 or down 2, like, I, I think I could see the Pelicans giving up, but and just other teams like the Kings giving up. But I don't think you're going to see the Grizzlies give up. That That's not who John Moran is. That's not who Valanciunas is. Um, Dylan Brooks isn't going to let that happen. Neither is the yeah. coach. I can't remember his name, but
1: yeah, they have that blue collar style that yeah. they don't have the grit and grind, but they have the grit. <laughs>
0: They definitely do. So thank you so much to everyone for watching. Please tune in for Dale's um, live stream after the game tonight. And if you get to go to a jazz game, please be respectful. We don't want to see anyone else getting banned um, from the arena for life. So thanks again for tuning in and go jazz.